Let's uh, take our Bibles tonight. We're going to go back kind of close to where we were this morning. We were in 1 Chronicles 28. We're going to be in chapter 29 tonight. 1 Chronicles chapter number 29. And uh, I told you this morning that I was going to be preaching tonight on giving. And I'm surprised some of you have a bad memory. Otherwise, you probably wouldn't have showed up. Um, but here we are. And we're going to look at what the Bible has to say about this. Uh, we are in our missions month. And as we're coming to, to an end in the month, we're uh, wrapping things up with a conference at the end here and starting on Wednesday of this week. And I'm looking forward to that. I trust that God has some things prepared for us. And, and honestly, I haven't asked uh, Brother Ingalls to preach on anything in particular necessarily. Um, but uh, So I'm not really sure what all he's going to be preaching on. But I do trust that there are things that we have, uh, that the Lord has for us in that. But next Sunday uh, is our Faith Promise Sunday. And we're going to be uh, using that time to make our commitment for the upcoming year in regard to what we're going to do uh, as far as financially speaking for missions and supporting missionaries and that type of thing. And so because this is my last opportunity to preach to you before that, I wanted to take a moment and just share with you some things that I believe the Bible has that are very important for us as we enter that time of really praying and seeking the Lord about our giving and what he would have us to do in that regard. So we're in 1 Chronicles 29. I'm going to let you remain seated, but we're going to start reading uh, in verse number 1. Now, just in case you missed this morning, this is... Uh, just a continuation, really, of chapter 8, as David has uh, prepared for the building of the temple all of the materials that need to be built uh, or need to, to, to be there in order for the temple to be built. He's assembled the nation of Israel together, and he is addressing uh, the nation and, and encouraging them in regard to giving. This morning we looked at his, his commandment to his son Solomon about serving the Lord but I want you to notice in verse number 1 of 1 Chronicles 29, it says here, Furthermore, David the king said unto all the congregation, Solomon my son, whom alone God hath chosen, is yet young and tender, and the work is great, for the palace is not for man, but for the Lord God. And I think just a, a little side note there, we need to always keep that in mind, that our service to God, it's not about us, it's really not even about other people. Though we serve other people, by, that's how we serve the Lord, is by serving others, isn't it? But that's really not why we serve. We serve because we're serving the Lord. And that's what David is saying. Listen, it's, this isn't about men, it's about God. Verse 2, Now I have prepared with all my might for the house of my God the gold for the things to be made of gold, and the silver for the things of silver, and the brass for the things of brass, the iron for the things of iron, and wood for the things of wood, onyx stones... And stones to be set, glistering stones and of divers colors, and all manner of precious stones and marble stones in abundance. Moreover, because I have set my affection to the house of my God, I have of mine own proper good of gold and silver, which I have given unto the house of my God over and above all that I have prepared for the holy house. Even 3,000 talents of gold, of the gold of Ophir, and 7,000 talents of refined silver to overlay the walls of the houses withal. The gold for the things of gold, and the silver for things of silver, 
and for all manner of work to be made by the hands of the artificers. And who then is willing to consecrate his service this day unto the Lord? Then the chief of the fathers and the princes of the tribes of Israel and the captains of thousands and of hundreds with the rulers of the king's work offered willingly and gave for the service of the house of God of gold 5,000 talents and 10,000 drams and of silver 10,000 talents and of brass 18,000 talents and 100,000 talents of iron. And they with whom precious stones were found gave them to the treasure of the house of the Lord by the hand of Jehiel the Gershonite. And the pe then the people rejoiced for that they offered willingly because with a perfect heart they offered willingly to the Lord and David the king also rejoiced with great joy. Wherefore David blessed the Lord before all the congregation and David said, Blessed be thou, Lord God of Israel, our father, forever and ever. Thine, O Lord, is the greatness and the power and the glory and the victory and the majesty for all that is in the heaven and in the earth is thine. Thine is the kingdom, O Lord, and thou art exalted as head above all. Both riches and honor come of thee, and thou reignest over all, and in thine hand is power and might, and in thine hand it is to make great and to give strength unto all. Now therefore, our God, we thank thee and praise thy glorious name. But who am I, and what is my people, that we should be able to offer so willingly after this sort? For all things come of thee, and of thine own have we given thee. For we are strangers before thee, and sojourners, as were all our fathers. Our days on the earth are as a shadow, and there is none abiding. O Lord our God, all this store that we have prepared to build thee in house for thine holy name cometh of thine hand, and is all thine own. I know also, my God, that thou triest the heart, and hast pleasure in uprightness. As for me, in the uprightness of mine heart, I have willingly offered all these things, and now have I seen with joy thy people, which are present here, to offer willingly unto thee. Let's pray. Father, tonight as we look into this passage of Scripture, and we consider the blessings that are associated with uh, giving and willingly making an offering unto you. I pray, Lord, that our hearts would be open, that we would be surrendered people, that we would not try in some way to negotiate with you to say, Lord, here's your part and let me keep my part, but that we would tonight before you in your sight lay ourselves on the altar, that we would say whatever it is that my God wants of me, I'm willing to give it. And Lord, would you be pleased tonight as you look within our hearts and see a, a people who are surrendered and submitted to you and teach us from your word. Speak to our hearts, we pray in Jesus' name. Amen. I know what we read there was a fairly lengthy portion of scripture, but I think it's, uh, it's fitting because it really was, a, you, you kind of get the feeling as you look at this, this was such a really a, an exciting time in the history of the nation of Israel. As all of the materials had come together to build the house of the Lord, and, and, and even after all the materials were there and gathered, the people themselves said, you know what, that's not enough. We want to give more. We, we want to make sure that our God knows just how much 
he means to us. And, and he offered a, a great offering to the Lord. And uh, not just a little bit, but they gave obviously of the very best that they had. Their gold and their silver and their precious stones and, and all of these things so that the, the work of the Lord, so that that house for the Lord could be built, his temple. And David then prayed to the Lord about halfway through our reading there. It became a prayer that David was speaking to the Lord really about the blessing that it was to be able to offer to God. And I, and I want to just point out some things that we find about giving and this concept of giving from this passage of Scripture. And we, we understand again that this was a very... Uh, uh, just an exciting time for the nation of Israel as they were able to joyously give to the Lord. And here David says some things that will help us, I think, as we seek to give to our God as well. I want you to notice in verse number 12 what David said. He said, both riches and honor come of thee. He's talking to the Lord. And thou reignest over all. And in thine hand is power and might. And in thine hand is to make great and to give strength unto all. Look, look at verse 14. But who am I, and what is my people, that we should be able to offer so willingly after this sort? For all things come of thee, and of thine own have we given thee. David here speaks of the privilege of giving. The privilege of giving. He says to the Lord, really, it, it's just not... It's not right. We don't even deserve to be able to give to you. Why? Well, not only are we unworthy to do so, but everything that we have comes from you. Have you ever stopped to consider that? Everything that you have belongs to God and it comes from God. I mean, every breath that you take, it, it's, it's God's air that you're breathing. The, uh, the house that you live in, that was provided to you by God. Uh, even you, maybe you say, I built that house myself. But he grew the trees so that you could uh, cut the lumber and build it yourself, you know. And he provides you with a job that you can earn income. And, and, and the food that's on your table, it comes from the hand of the Lord. And, and everything that you have, all of your possessions, they come from God. By the way, all of your talents and your abilities, those aren't your own. Those are given to you by God. They're gifts from God. The strength that you had today to wake up and to get out of bed and to go about your day and do the things that you've done today, that wasn't of yourself. That wasn't in, in yourself to do that. That was a gift from God. And now we have been called upon to offer back to the Lord something that He has given to us, our, uh, our time, our abilities and our efforts, our service, and even, yes, our possessions. The money that we give. We, we give it to the Lord. And, and folks, it ought not to be to us a, a burdensome thing, but really it should be a puzzling thing as we consider, well, this is kind of strange. All I'm really doing is giving God what is already His. You know, it, it's kind of like, and, and I've got seven children, and and, and I just love the fact that they, they love me and they want to give to me. But none of my kids have a job yet. And, uh, and so it, it's always kind of interesting to me how on birthdays and Christmas and that kind of thing, they'll come up with creative ways. And often now that as some of them are getting older, you know, they'll get money for their birthday or work and earn some money and do that. And they'll use that to be a blessing to me. And I appreciate that. But when they're really little... 
It, it seems like they'll, they'll maybe say to their mom, hey, mom, I'd like to get this for dad for his birthday or for Christmas. And maybe it's my favorite candy, or maybe it's just uh, something that they know that I would like. And so they say, Mom, I want to do this. And you know what they do? Uh, she'll take them to the store, and they'll pick out what they want to get for Dad. And then when it comes to the checkout line, she'll go through the checkout line, and she'll run the, the debit card that comes out of the bank account that has the money in it that I earned to pay for my gift. Now, I'm not complaining about that. I'm thankful for that. But you know what? It's what they have. It's what they're able to do. And they want to express to me their love, and they do so by giving to me out of what is already mine. I'm not minimizing their gift in any way. But have you ever thought about that, uh, the irony of that? How, how, uh, how this is really, whenever we give to God, and we say, okay, Lord, I'm going to uh, make this offering. I'm going to give, uh, I'm, I'm going to tithe, or I'm going to give uh, even above and beyond the tithe and, and, and give to missions or give to a special love offering that we're taking up. Uh, I'm going to try and help this person over here that's in need. Sometimes we can actually get to a point where we kind of pat ourselves on the back a little bit and feel pretty good about what we've done. And sometimes... Uh, unfortunately, we might even look at things and say, you know what, that's just too much. I, I can't really afford that. I can't really do that. But if we would just step back and consider, you know, everything that we have is God's anyway. It already belongs to him. And that's what David's saying here. He's, he's like, Lord, who am I? What is my people that we should be able to offer so willingly? We, we're, we're coming to you. It's, it's, we think that we're offering this willingly of our own volition, but everything that we're giving you is already yours. The wood that we've provided to build this, uh, this structure, you grew the trees. The gold that we're offering, uh, you're the one who put that gold in the ground to be mined out and you provided it to us. And the silver and, and all of these precious stones and everything that we have, it came from your hand. And you provided it to us. And so this concept that I would be able to give to the Lord that which is already rightfully his, it, it's an incredible privilege that God would allow us to do that. And that he would accept it and receive it as an offering that we are offering willingly unto him. I mean, it's amazing that God would choose to bless us because of our giving, knowing that the gifts that we give come from him anyway. And so this privilege of giving, and folks, as we consider this again uh, next week as we talk about faith promise giving and, and supporting missionaries and missions, I just want you to keep that in mind. Everything I have, everything that belongs to me doesn't really belong to me. It came from God. And he's provided it to me. It's not really mine anyway. It's his. It belongs to him. So he speaks of the privilege of giving. But I want you to notice that he also speaks of a proof in giving. He speaks of a proof. Look at verse number 17. He says here, I know also, my God, that thou triest the heart and hast pleasure in uprightness. As for me, in the uprightness of mine heart... I have willingly offered all these things. What, what is he saying? He's saying, uh, Lord, I know that as I give to you, you're not really just looking at the amount of, you know, the, the, the dollar value or, or the actual materials that I'm donating. He said, you're looking at my heart. 
And, and I want you to see within my heart that my motives are pure. That, that I'm not giving because I'm expecting to receive in return. I'm not giving uh, out of pretense, trying to prove something to other people. Lord, you, as you look at my heart, I want you to see that I'm doing this with uprightness and integrity and willingness. I am giving to you simply because I love you. Did you know that your giving to the Lord really is a proof of your love to the Lord? I, I've, I've joked with you a couple of times today about the fact that you, you, know, you might not want to come and listen to preaching on giving. There's, there actually is a stigma out there uh, of this idea that preachers are always trying to get your money. And folks, I just want you to know that I, I don't even like to preach on giving because of that. Because I don't ever want people to think that, you know, hey, I'm, I'm just looking for you to give more money so that the church can be more prosperous or I can have a bigger salary or anything like that. I'm not trying to get your money. I'm really not. But I do want you to know that one of the reasons that people don't like to hear preaching on giving is because it hits a nerve a little too close to home. There are very few things in your life that you value more than your money. <laughs> I mean, think about it. After all, you need money, don't you? You've got to have a place to live. You've got to have food to eat. You've got to have your needs met. And most of us would like to have some things beyond just our needs. We have likes and, and desires and things that we... And, and when you start talking about money, you start, you start talking about something that is near and dear to our hearts. Few things really affect our heart more than our finances. Quite honestly... But notice what he said in verse number 3 of this chapter. He said, Moreover, because I have set my affection to the house of my God, I have of mine own proper good of gold and silver, which I have given to the house of my God, over and above all that I have prepared for the holy house. Here's the king of Israel. He had all of the wealth of the nation, really, at his disposal. And he used the nation's wealth to gather a lot of these materials. But notice that he said, I, it wasn't just what, what I bought from uh, the treasure stores of Israel, but he says, of my own proper good. I've taken of that which was valuable to me, that was my personal belongings, and I gave it to the Lord. Why did I do that? Because, verse 3, moreover, because I have set my affection to the house of my God. I did this because I love the Lord. And folks, can I, can I say this to you tonight? Don't give because you're trying to please me. And don't give because you know that God will supply your need. And don't give because you know that there is a need. Give because you love the Lord. Seriously. Is there a need? Yes. Will God supply your needs? Yes, He will. But those are not really our motivations in giving. Our greatest motivation in giving should be because we love God and we want to honor Him in our lives. We, we want to, to prove and demonstrate to Him our love. Think about this with me. Love is proven by sacrifice, is it not? For God so loved the world that He gave. But God commended His love toward us and that while we were yet sinners, Christ died for us. Sacrifice is proof of love. And as we sacrifice to the Lord of our time, of our efforts and our talents and of even our finances, it is an indication to the Lord that we're serious 
about our desire, our love for him. Hold your place here and go with me to the book of 2 Corinthians, if you would. 2 Corinthians chapter number 8. <clears throat> and I would encourage you to put a marker here because this is another passage that we're going to be coming to a couple of times this evening because 2 Corinthians 8 and 9 are instructions that the Apostle Paul is giving to the church at Corinth about giving uh, specifically in an offering that was to be given to help uh, the, the, uh, just some, some Christian people that had kind of fallen on hard times. And so he's talking to them about the aspects of their giving. And I want you to notice that he says in verse number 8, he says, I speak not by commandment. 2 Corinthians 8, 8. I speak not by commandment, but by occasion of the forwardness of others, and to prove the sincerity of your love. He's talking about giving, and he says, I am telling you this, not because I'm trying to command you to do something, but I've seen what, what God has done through others, and I want you to have the opportunity to prove the sincerity of your love. And so, folks, again, I'm not trying to manipulate or, or, or anything like that, but just a reminder, as we prayerfully consider in this upcoming year, okay, Lord, what would you have me to give to missions? I want you to consider this. To some degree, what I give, and I'm not talking about a dollar amount, really, but what I give is an indication of my love for the Lord. It is, it's sad to me as I look at my own life and I have seen things, and not just money, Things that I have held back from God. Things that I've held back from Him because I was unwilling to make the sacrifice. That says something about my level of love. And I'm at a point in my life that really, truly, my desire is to say to God, I love you. Not just from my mouth, but in everything I do. I want my life to be a reflection of that. And that's what, what he's saying here in, in 2 Corinthians 8. Your love is reflected in your sacrifice and your giving. He opened the chapter with those words, Moreover, brethren, we do you to wit of the grace of God bestowed on the churches of Macedonia. I want you to see God's grace poured out upon them. And he speaks of their giving how they gave not only to their power, but even beyond their power. They went above and beyond their own capabilities. So David and Paul both tell us that there is a proof in our giving. Our giving is proof of our love. And then thirdly, as we go back to 1 Chronicles 29, I hope you held your place in 2 Corinthians. We'll flip back there in a moment. But 1 Chronicles 29, and I want you to notice... Here in uh, verse number 17, he says, I know also, my God, that thou triest the heart and hast pleasure in uprightness. As for me, in the uprightness of mine heart, I have willingly offered all these things, and now have I seen with joy thy people, which are present here, to offer willingly unto thee. He, he says, I, I want you to see that 
as I'm watching your people give, I am rejoicing to see what they're doing. And then look at verse 9, if you would. He says, Then the people rejoiced. For that they offered willingly, because with a perfect heart they offered willingly to the Lord, and David the king also rejoiced with great joy. So this passage speaks of the privilege of giving and the proof of giving, but I want you to also notice that there is pleasure in giving. There's pleasure in giving. It is a joy to be able to give to the work of the Lord. I don't know about you, but there have been times in my life, quite honestly, in our married life, my wife would probably vouch for this, that we have even kind of overextended ourselves at times in giving to missions and things like that because it's so exciting to see the money that I have given that I could have spent on something else being used to go forth and support missionaries on the field and provide uh, for, the, for their ministry and maybe literature that uh, is used in pr trying to plant the seed and, and all of a sudden you, you're reading these prayer letters and people are being saved and churches are being started and Bibles are being translated and, and, and people that have never had the Word of God, all of a sudden they have the Word of God in their hands and you see a direct line, a direct connection between my sacrifice and what happened there. I remember one year, and this is, please understand, this is not boasting in any way. I remember one year, uh, we had moved to Texas. I already told you I like the Packers. We moved to Texas, and I, I couldn't watch any Packer games because they just weren't televised there. This was a big deal to me, okay? I know, carnal. I'm just, I'm telling you. It was a big deal to me. I, I liked watching my Packers. So I got... Direct TV with NFL Sunday ticket. That was all I used it for. We didn't watch the TV. We just, I, I had a DVR. I record the Packer games and a couple other football games. And I'd come home from church Sunday night. I'd watch uh, that game. And maybe on Monday, I'd watch another game or two. That was all I used it for. I enjoyed it. Boy, I was thankful for it. I, I got through a whole season and I just really enjoyed that. I was like, man, this is the greatest thing. I, I, we came up to the next season, and I was get, you know, we were getting ready and gearing up, and I thought, okay, here we go. We're going to do this again. I was sitting in a, a preacher's meeting, and, and I, couldn't, I, I remember who was preaching. I don't know what they were preaching about, but you know, on a totally unrelated note, it was like God said to me, hey, you know, you need to be giving more. Now, I know God doesn't speak in an audible voice, but... It's just, it was just the way it was. I knew God was telling me I need to give more. And I, I just, my first thought was, I just, I can't. I can't afford to give more. And he said, oh, really? <laughs> and I remember immediately, I, I got a visualization of the monthly bill for DirecTV and NFL Sunday ticket. Do you know how, I think it is an arm and a leg. Man, I will, I, I'm telling you, by God's grace, I'll never again pay for another cable bill. But anyway, it was like the Lord made this correlation in my mind. You're spending money on this, but it could be going over here. You're investing in something that is of such temporal value that it doesn't matter even a little. It doesn't even affect your life on this earth even a little, really, where you could be investing that money in eternal things. 
reaching of lost souls. And just I, per, I, I was just under so much conviction at that point. I came home, and I found a way to cancel that subscription. And we took that money that was being paid every month to that, and we used that to increase our missions giving. And it was just, for me, again, I'm not trying to boast to myself, and you know me, I don't try to give a whole lot of personal illustrations for that reason. But I'm just telling you, it was something that God did in my heart that, that he spoke to me about this. I knew that that was what he wanted me to do. I did that. And I can tell you that for every prayer letter that I picked up and read and saw fruit, there was like a direct connection between this little tiny sacrifice that I would hate to even call it a sacrifice that I made over here and what God is doing over here. And it just, honestly, it, it was a joy to me. It, it was just I, to, to look at that and say, you know what? This is so much better. Giving to God and to his work is so much better than just living life for myself, you know? And, and there's just a lot of joy in that. And by the way, that's how God wants us to give. That's how God wants us to give. I know that it's possible to be, uh, you know, in, in, in a place where you give out of obligation, because you think, well, I have to do this. You know, I, I remember distinctly what it was like when I first started learning how to tithe. And I remember the pain of that. I remember that feeling of, man, this just stinks, you know. I've, uh, if it's not the government, it's the Lord taking my money. <laughs> you know, that's how I felt. And again, I know I'm carnal. I'm sorry. But anyway, that was how I felt about that. But you know what? I, I kind of learned that discipline. And I found there was joy in that. And then giving above and beyond the tithe, that willing offering to the Lord, uh, it, it, it's, 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 it can be a joy. God doesn't look for us to give out of duty or obligation. He wants us to give out of joy and love. Go back to 2 Corinthians, if you would. You were in chapter 8. Look at verse chapter 9. And I want you to notice, he says in verse number 7, every man... According as he purposeth in his heart, so let him give, listen to this, not grudgingly or of necessity, for God loveth a cheerful giver. God wants us to give joyfully. It, it, we, we should count it a privilege to be able to give. And I would even go so far as to say that if you're going to give grudgingly, don't give at all. Really, I, I said it before, God doesn't need your money, and he doesn't need my money. But what he really wants is our heart. And if God has our heart, he'll have our money too. And so it won't be hard, and it, it'll be a joy to give. It'll be a pleasure. It, it'll, it'll be something that we can rejoice, even if there's some sacrifice involved. Sacrificial giving can be a real blessing. I don't know if you've ever experienced that before. Maybe there was someone that you saw in need and maybe didn't really have the ability or, or a lot of money to give, but you tried to do something to, to reach out and to help them in some way, and it made a difference. You remember that feeling of, of, of blessing that you, you felt like? Man, I, I, could, I could give you so many examples of how the Lord has done that. And again, it's not me. It's all Him. Anything that He has given me and allowed me to do, it's, it's come from His hand anyway. But folks, it is a privilege and a blessing to be able to give to people in need. It's a privilege and a blessing to be able to give to the work of the Lord. 
to his house to support uh, missions and missionaries. I mean, I mean it, it, it's just exciting, and it ought to be something that we do with joy. Don't give out of, uh, you know, begrudgingly or, or sparingly. No, give, give to the Lord because you can and because you want to, because the Lord loves a cheerful giver. So he speaks of privilege, and he speaks of proof and, and of pleasure, but I want to say this also as we go back to First Chronicles 29. I want you to notice that there was preparation in their giving. There was preparation in their giving. How do we know that? Well, let's look at a few verses here. Verse number 6. It says, Then the chief of the fathers and the princes of the tribes of Israel and the captains of thousands and of hundreds with the rulers of the king's work offered willingly and gave for the service of the house of God of gold 5,000 talents and 10,000 drams and of silver 10,000 talents and of brass 18,000 talents and 100,000 talents of iron. And they with whom precious stones were found gave them to the treasure of the house of the Lord by the hand of Jehiel the Gershonite. Okay, so you get this picture here. These people have come together. They're offering willingly. And, and the numbers that they're giving here, it's just unfathomable how much they are giving to the Lord. And it even says that they with whom precious stones were found gave them to the treasure of the Lord. So in other words, they, it wasn't like, you know, okay, we're going to pass the collection plate and whatever you happen to have laying around in your pocket, throw that in. There was some intentionality and purpose that went into this. I mean, they went about gathering together articles and items to be donated, to be given. And then look down to verse number 16. And notice that David says, O Lord our God, all this store that we have prepared to build thee in house for thine holy name cometh, cometh of thine hand, and all is thine own. He, that, that word prepared, and of course we could see it throughout there, that they prepared an offering to the Lord. And they speak of this preparation. In other words, I believe that our giving ought to be intentional and purposeful and systematic. It, it's not, it shouldn't be just an afterthought. It shouldn't be something where we say, okay, uh, Lord, what can I do? I guess I can do this. No, there should be some real thought and preparation that goes into our giving. And, and I, I just want to say, uh, this is one reason that I really believe in faith promise missions giving. Now, I know we might have some people here that may or may not be familiar with this concept, so let me just kind of run, run it down for you. Here's what we'll do. Uh, sometime this week during the missions conference, we're going to hand out faith promise commitment cards. This card is something that we are going to ask you to take some time and pray and seek the Lord in regard to what he would have you to do on either a weekly or a monthly basis in terms of giving to the missions fund of Mount Zion Baptist Church. The money that is in the missions fund goes to just that. It goes to support missionaries. It goes to further the gospel. It doesn't pay the light bill here at the church. It doesn't uh, pay my salary or anything like that. It goes to support missionaries and mission projects around the world. And that is funded by offerings above and beyond the tithe. The tithe would go to the general fund of the church to cover the needs there. But the offering above and beyond, it could be designated toward missions. 
And so we'll, we'll hand out that card. We'll ask you to pray and seek the Lord's will regarding what he would have you to give. And then we would ask you by faith to make a commitment, not to us, not to the church, but to the Lord, of what you're going to give. Trusting that he is going to provide you with what he has led you to do. And by making that commitment, you are saying, I am going to, by God's grace, fulfill this commitment and support the work of missions at this amount throughout the, the next year. Why do we do that? Again, it's not a pledge. It's not something that you're giving that we're going to be coming knocking on your door. Hey, you know, you, you said you were going to give this and you haven't done this. In fact, we're not even going to put your name on the card. There's nowhere on the card for you to put your name. That's between you and God. All right. But here's the idea. We want you to seek the Lord. We want you to find His will for you. And by faith, trust Him for that amount. And commit to giving that. And between you and God, you seek to be faithful to fulfill that commitment. Why do we do that? Well, in part because it is a systematic way of giving. It's purposeful and it's intentional. It, it, it doesn't lend itself to just giving God the leftovers. It actually is, I'm going to take some time and really prayerfully consider what God wants me to do. And then, by faith, I'm going to step out in that. I want you to think about that. There's an opportunity for you to trust God. To trust God to provide what He has led you to do. And friends, I, I just want to say to you, some of the greatest experiences I have had in my life are when God has led me to do something and it took some faith to do it. It took stepping out, trusting God, believing Him, and obeying. It's a, it's a faith building. It's a growing exercise. And it's exciting to see the Lord provide. And I want to encourage you to really consider that benefit to faith promise giving. It, it gives you an opportunity to grow in your faith. It provides a systematic approach to missions giving. And then also it requires you, requires you to seek God's leadership in finding what he wants you to do. Listen, I am not asking you to scrape together every last penny that you can find and give it to missions. I'd like to do that, but I'm not going to. Because truthfully, I don't want you to give any less or any more than God wants you to give. But I do want you to spend some time seeking God and say, Lord, what would you have me to do? How, how would you want me to demonstrate my faith and obedience to you and my love for you in supporting missions in the upcoming year? There was a systematic approach to giving. There was preparation. There was purpose and intentionality in giving this offering. And I think there ought to be purpose and intentionality in what we give as well. Let's go over to 2 Corinthians 9 once again. 2 Corinthians 9. And notice that statement in the beginning of verse number 7. He says, Every man, as he purposeth in his heart, so let him give. What's he saying? Everyone needs to have some kind of an idea in their mind, some, some intentionality, some purpose in their giving, and as he purposes in his heart, so let him give. 
Do as the Lord leads you to do. So he speaks of the privilege of giving, the proof of our giving, the pleasure that comes with giving. There's preparation that goes into giving. And then I just want to remind you of the promise of giving. I want you to remember that as we give to the Lord, He always blesses us for that. Now that doesn't mean that if you give $100, that God's going to repay you $1,000. If you give $1,000, God's going to give you $10,000. And you could probably turn on any number of TV stations and you'll hear some televangelist saying, just plant a seed of faith. And, and listen, I'll tell you, it doesn't work that way, folks. It, it just doesn't. In fact, giving to the Lord often requires sacrifice. And it might mean giving up some things so that we can do what he wants us to do. But I want you to notice there is a promise that goes with it. Verse 6, But this I say, he which soweth sparingly shall reap also sparingly, and he which soweth bountifully shall reap also bountifully. There is a direct correlation between our giving and God's provision. And, and I've seen it time and again, and I know many of you could testify of this as well. You can't outgive God. If you will give to the Lord... As he leads you to give, you will find your needs are being met. And you might even find yourself surprised at how well God is able to take care of your needs. Because this isn't budget-based giving. This is faith giving. And, and it really isn't, it's not about, well, what, let me see if I can, you know, dot every I and cross every T and make sure I've got the pennies there to be able to give it. That's not what this is about. It's about, God, what do you want me to do? And trusting him for that and stepping out in faith. And if you will do that in obedience, God will supply your need. What did he say in uh, Philippians chapter 4 verse 19? But my God shall supply all your need according to his riches and glory by Christ Jesus. God is able to, to provide for your needs. And, and I'm sure we could be here all night telling stories uh, about times that we've experienced that personally. Where the Lord led us to give something. And we really didn't see how it was going to work out, but we're faithful to do that and follow through on that and how the Lord took care of us and provided for our needs. One more verse I want to show you, Luke chapter number 6 and verse number 38. And this is the Lord Jesus here talking and he says, Luke 6, 38, Give and it shall be given unto you. Good measure, pressed down, and shaken together and running over shall men give into your bosom. For with the same measure that ye meet withal, it shall be measured to you again. And so in other words, here's the promise. God is able to meet your needs. All right? You don't have to worry that you're going to, you know, you're not going to be able to make it if you trust God. Now listen, I'm not telling you, okay, you make $30,000 a year and you need to uh, commit to giving God $40,000 a year. I'm, I'm not saying that. God doesn't want us to be foolish. Okay. But if you'll get alone with God. And you'll say Lord I, I'm yours. Everything I have comes from you anyway. And I'm willing to do whatever you lead me to do. You trust God and you seek God. And whatever he leads you to do. If you'll step out in faith and trust him for it. I believe he'll provide for your needs. And he'll help you to grow in faith. And, and, and you can be encouraged in that. And, uh, and obviously then that enables us as a church to, to really consider uh, some opportunities going forward and, and how we're going to um, approach this concept of, of reaching the world and, 
And uh, I believe that God wants to do more through us than, than He's even been doing up to this point. And so I would ask you to pray with me as we consider this. And again, uh, I just want to reiterate, I'm not trying to be manipulative or, or force you to give. But I do want to remind you that the Bible does talk an awful lot about giving. And, uh, and God blesses a cheerful giver. He loves those who are willing to, to give to Him cheerfully. So let's approach Him with that attitude. Lord, would You allow me to maybe even increase my faith and go above and beyond what I've done before so that Your work can go forward in a greater way or I can have a greater part in that work.